Welcome to the Relentless Minds podcast with Lori Jimenez, a platform where influential entrepreneurs get real and share their stories of challenges in life that they've had to face head on and conquer in order to be where they are today. Here, you'll get an inside look at the adversities that these individuals have experienced or are currently dealing with, in addition to their opinions on real life matters and philosophies in life. Most importantly, you'll learn what it takes to have a relentless mind so that you too can stay headstrong in your pursuit of a better future. In this podcast, you're going to get 100% authenticity from people that have figured out how to beat the noise that society creates and have a higher level of self-mastery. Hey everyone, today I am interviewing Roro Asmar. Roro, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. I'm very excited. So to the audience, I just wanted to give a quick introduction. Roro is a vegan chef and entrepreneur in the D.C. area. He owns and personally runs his own restaurant and food truck business, specializing in Middle Eastern cuisine with a vegan twist. He Uh, also creates vlogs on YouTube and is actively involved in the mental health community, including the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and other efforts to bring awareness to mental health. So I actually connected with you, Roro. Um, I met you, uh, the first time I met you was at a local real estate event. You were working there and you were serving food from your truck. So I saw your liveliness and your ambition. You seem really happy. And so that inspired me to look up your business and essentially follow you on Instagram. So it's funny now we're here mm-hmm. and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much. I was to say it's very cool. I love people who share in their passions, you know, share that fire in their passions, definitely. So thanks so much for having me today. Awesome. So I wanted to ask you, you're vegan Mm -hmm. yourself, right? And Mm -hmm. you promote it big time. What started that? Ooh, uh, so, uh, you know, growing up, uh, big, big meat eater myself, actually, you know, kind of a macho man growing up, just uh, reading bodybuilding magazines and uh, seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, just go to town on any <laughs> evil villain in a movie. Uh, I was always a big steak and chicken eater, and, you know, I played football growing up, and it was all about, you know, protein and gains. So it was mm-hmm. funny because later in my life when I was uh, actually a personal trainer uh, as a kind of side hustle and uh, was uh, working on kind of meal prepping for myself to keep myself in shape and cooking for myself, my little brother had a, kind of mentioned to me one time how he was going vegetarian, he was giving, you know, he wanted to give up meat for Lent or for some, you know, for some reason we all kind of piggyback off mm-hmm. over the New Year resolution kind mm-hmm. of situation. I laughed at him, I thought it was funny. I, <laughs> I, I, I picked on him a little bit and uh, I told him, you know, there's no way, how can you like sustain a, your yeah. muscle, how are you going to, you know, get your workouts in, you're going to be tired and frail, and you're going to look so skinny, like that's a bad thing or something, I don't know why that's a bad thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I, I kind of put my foot in my mouth, you know, I gave it a try myself, and I'm always the kind of person that I want to, you know, I don't like to just talk about things, I like to, I'm more action, you know, I like to do something, I like to try it out for myself before judging mm-hmm. it too harshly, yeah. or, you know, never even giving it a try, and just kind of talking about mm-hmm. it in the breeze. So I tried it myself. Uh, I was vegetarian for about a year. Um, and then after that, I kind of just one thing led to another, and I kept going with it. And then I became vegan. At first, uh, for my health, I felt a plant-based diet you know, really just brought out the best in me physically and uh, mm-hmm. mentally. Um, so that was something that I, I really liked. You know, I'd always been the kind of person I was on every diet 
at any given time, at any given point of the year, I was always trying some new trend or, you know, keto or, you know, uh-huh, high carb, low carb, low fat, high fat, all of this uh-huh. under the tree. But uh, I just, it was the first time where I felt at peace with what I was eating as opposed to being obsessed about what I was eating. You know, I was just enjoying my food as opposed to always being anxious about my food. So it was a nice switch for me and I really enjoyed it and it helped me just keep it in a more constant state. And then obviously, I mean, you know, information, something that we take for granted, but something that is out there in just droves. So it was a thing where I started doing more research into the vegan lifestyle and what it entailed. And when it came to the the planet around us and just the effects that I was neglecting and ignoring for so long about just simple decisions like what I was eating on my plate, the fact that I didn't realize that me picking up a burger or a french fries wasn't just me making that decision, but also me making, not just me making a decision about what I was eating, but me making a decision that was dictating the health of the planet. And, yeah. the, and, and it was something that I, I just, after learning about, like, you know, animal agriculture specifically, yeah. the fact that what it takes to get that food on our plate that we mm-hmm. you know, so heavily mass consume, I just got to a point where I kind of, I kind of realized, hey, I can't control everyone else around me, but I can control myself. And being that I feel so great eating a plant-based, being plant-based in my lifestyle anyway, Mm -hmm. I decided, hey, if it also helps, you know, others around me and helps keep some energy more positive in my life and in this planet, why the Mm -hmm. fuck not, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So that stemmed from you first trying vegetarian for a year, Mm -hmm. and then you just decided... You, you liked how it felt. Yeah, that's the thing. I get asked all the time by people. It's like, oh, my God, how can you do it? You know, oh, you're a chef. That's why you can be vegan. Like, listen, first of all, I'm a self-taught chef. Like, mm-hmm. my grandmother taught, uh-huh. like, the reason my name, you know, the whole Roro brand and everything, it's like, it was named after my mom, my grandmother. Uh, Roro is uh, a nickname for Robert. So my name legally is Robert. But nice. I go by I go by Roro because my grandmother always called me that when I was a little kid. My mom would call me that growing up. And it was just kind of one of those things that it defined me. So that's why I went, uh, you know, I decided to name my business that. I started just to go by that more often. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't I gave myself that nickname. I just decided to actually let people call me my nickname for once. I was wondering if it was your middle name. No, no, (laughs) No, it's it's not. It's just a nickname. It's it's a nickname. Interesting. Yeah, it's a shorthand for Robert because I'm Lebanese. Yeah. It's our version of Roberto for Robert. Oh, so. That's what we call it. So Spanish sounding. (laughs) We've got to roll that tongue. (laughs) (laughs) I got to work on that. (laughs) So I am. I also know that you competed in bodybuilding mm-hmm. and you did it on a plant-based diet. Yes, I did. How did that happen? Like, how does that work? Because I'm all about, like, you know, meat-based meals like, yes. in my protein. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, honestly, uh, it was tricky, yes, uh, being that, you know, the being a, being in a plant, eating a plant-based diet or being vegan, you definitely, to just be more economically friendly and just to enjoy your meals as opposed to like stuffing it all down and having to force your food down, your protein intake is not gonna be as high as you're you're acclimated to or as you're taught or told to, which, Mm. you know, side note, you know, like I said, I used to be a personal trainer, I had my my CSCS, my NASM certification, I I used to do meal prepping and stuff, so I've I've done the studying, so I see that the protein intake that we require to have our minimal minimal output during the day is a lot lower than a lot of people think, you know. Hence why you know 
the meat industry does definitely help push that a little bit. Oh, you need 40 grams of protein every meal yeah. to look like this or to look like that or to sustain. In my opinion, it's not true. Yeah. You know, arguments here and there, you can go ahead. But I believe, you know, your protein quantity is a lot lower than you actually think it needs to be. And that kind of is like one of those things that drives it so much. So, but obviously being in a bodybuilding show and having to be on a specific and particular diet, you know, I'm 6'4". I'm like 230 pounds, like naturally, just like year round, 230, 240 pounds. So I had to eat a lot of food during this prep to keep and maintain and sustain. Uh, so it was definitely tough keeping that protein really high uh, with a plant-based diet. But being vegan outside of bodybuilding, it's manageable. Yeah, <laughs> it's very awesome. Easy to so you do. figured out a way. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Just bouncing around with a lot of uh, grains and you know sweet potato and. You know, some mm -hmm. nowadays you can go to any grocery store and there's a lot of alternative meats. Mm -hmm. You know, people say, oh, so, you're, like, you're eating fake vegan meat. Well, you know, it's, it, it is pro a lot of it is processed, but it's better processed than some of the other things you can get mm -hmm. <laughs> or that you would get anyway in the yes. grocery store. So yeah. it was good for me. And, you know, um, I actually saw on your Instagram a lot. You're big on um, promoting mental health. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of your posts are about that and you're really involved in that community. Uh, what started you on that journey? Uh, well, actually, uh, so what started me on that journey was whew, a long time ago, probably, you know, uh, in college, I would say, uh, was kind of the big moment or big challenge I faced in my life uh, that uh, kind of that started a, a new chapter uh, to my world. Uh, hence why, you know, it's like my Instagram handle is like, mm. you know, Chef Roro's world. It's kind of like got to a point in my life where I was so lost and I was so off my path, off my journey, that you know, uh, my mental health was something that I neglected for so long that my mental illness, uh, you know, it, it took over. And I had a point in my life where I know I was at a real all-time low, kind of everything around me was kind of falling down and I didn't know how to positively cope with that. Uh, so I was about, hmm, say 22, I was in my third year in school and I had uh, attempted suicide and I got to a point that was so low in my life that you know I saw there was no way out I felt that at the time that you know I you know I couldn't see myself for who I was mm -hmm. I had lost myself for so long and I didn't know how to define myself for so long that I just got lost in the darkness at that point and you know kind of after that happened I was very fortunate to be able to take steps in my uh, rehabilitation mm -hmm. and in moving forward with my life. So after uh, my attempted suicide, I had actually uh, had to take part in a rehabilitation program. And from that point, it kind of was just picking myself up and out of this darkness that I had fallen so deep into. And I was along the way kind of you know, stumbling into it, but finding my way towards who I am now. Mm -hmm. And your illness that you mentioned, this mm -hmm. is the bipolar depression that you were diagnosed with. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. When I was uh, about 21, I was uh, diagnosed with uh, bipolar depression and, you know, put on a treatment of medication. Uh, you know, bipolar depression, for those who don't know, is when you have chemically you have an imbalance in your system in which your body doesn't produce enough uh, endorphins consistently, uh, you know, the happy chemical. Uh, so 
you have a lot of manic mood swings that can last from one week to six months in which you know you see like extreme lows to extreme highs so it was kind of you know it would be basically triggers in my life you know because like at the time uh when everything kind of really just came to a halt you know my parents were getting divorced my little sister has a a rare uh, condition that was affecting her and making life very hard on her i was in college dealing with the pressures of you know, studying and keeping my grades up and exams. And at the time, when I was in school, I played football. So I was also on the football team and we had practice. And, you know, I wasn't playing well. And my coaches were getting down on me and I wasn't doing well in school. And, you know, I was turning to alcohol and I was turning to drugs to cope with all these stress and all these pressures that uh, I just couldn't manage and I couldn't maintain and I couldn't keep up with them. So you were diagnosed at 21? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you feel that you experienced like this sort of negativity, like these thoughts, you know, even before then, like time before then? Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, when I was younger, I had moments where I would sit back in the back of my head, kind of think what's going on. Mm. You know, it's kind of something I felt that was one of my problems was I had such a trouble opening up. Mm. I had such a trouble... I had such trouble talking about what was really going on in my head, what was really going on in my life, that any negativity that was coming towards me, I just kind of took the brunt of it. You know, I just uh, let it all happen to me instead of processing it in a healthy way, instead of dealing it within a healthy way. I just swallowed it up and I balled it up inside and I kept it in my stomach and I just kept going on and I kept putting on a smile. You know, I kept acting. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you know, it was like I felt myself trying to play a character for so long in my life that when it got to a point that I realized I, I was, you know, I was living as someone else, that's when I, it kind of like the glass shattered. Mm-hmm. I looked in the mirror and I saw someone I didn't recognize. I saw someone who I knew I wasn't. You know, I was kind of like, it was like I was trapped inside my body, but I didn't know how to get out properly. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know the way out of the situation. Yeah. You know, so it was one of those things that I really had to had to come to terms with was accepting my flaws and accepting, you know, that downs and are a part of life. You know, it is not all up. The roller coaster doesn't always, you know, <laughs> end yeah. at a high point. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it comes to a halt. And when it does that, you know, what do you do then? How mm-hmm. do you process? How do you move forward? How do you talk about it? How do you deal with it? Yeah. So you definitely felt like you definitely felt that there was something going on from before. Like you had these lows. Um, and why do you feel, because I know you talk about this stuff, um, the sort of like mental awareness for, for men especially, mm-hmm. how do you feel like you keeping it in? Like what influenced that of like not sharing it with people? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, I played football. So, you know, growing up, I was always, you know, on a sports team with a bunch of guys kind of in that real high, like hormonal, like the testosterone filled situations at like a majority of my life so I was always around guys you know or you know when I was a boy I was always hanging around with friends and in that situation you're young you're impressionable and everything around you is telling you to be strong to be silent to be uh, you know the biggest guy in the room the loudest guy in the room the guy always making jokes the guys always laughing you know it was always about trying to be the popular guy and that popular guy that kind of, you know, every, every uh, adolescent boy wants to be, a part that isn't so heavily prevalent 
in today's uh, culture, in today's uh, society, in today's even portray- even portrayed in today's entertainment industry. Rarely do you get an image of you know that popular guy who is sad, or that popular mm-hmm. guy who got rejected, or that popular guy who is dealing with family troubles, or dealing with you know not doing well in school. And when those things happen, which by the way, you know, there you are going to fail. You are going to get rejected by that girl. You know, you, you're going to have a hard time coming out to your parents. You know, you're going to have a hard time breaking outside of what society mm-hmm. is telling you yeah. to be. That when you try to do those things and you're met with resistance or you're met with negativity or you're met with ignorance, as a man or a boy, you, you, you feel like you just you have to take a step back. You have to let your true self be silent and portray the masculine, male, strong, dominant identity that society wants you to be or else you're going to be uncomfortable or else you're not going to be heard. And that's something that I think shaped so much of my life Hmm. that putting up that wall, that portraying that big, strong guy, that big, strong, silent type, it hurt me more than anything. Mm -hmm. It really held back my growth spiritually and mentally Mm -hmm. so much that... I did reach that point that I had to do that, that something had to happen. You know, I had to be in that low point to be able to pick myself out, up out of that hole and to realize looking back that the man society wants me to be is not the man I need to be and the man that is going to be, you know, the most positive version of myself Mm -hmm. in this world. And it was kind of a, it was kind of a, you know, a turning point where I just, I just let all, all of it go. I was like, you know what, fuck what other guys think being masculine or being a man is about. I'm going to define my own masculinity because I am my own man. And that's what is most important to me. That is what is going to make me a good uh, you know, father someday, a good son right now, a good man in my, in my business and in my world and in my work and to the friends and family and loved ones I have around me. So that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to let society tell me who I am as a man. Yeah, and I really appreciate you also sharing all of that because that's really big for men. I feel like they have this pressure of how they have to behave, how they have to speak, how they have to act, like react, mm-hmm. anything. They always have this pressure on what defines a man, right? And so at the end of the day, you have this pressure on, like, you can't you can't necessarily look into your own feelings even. Like, what do you feel about things? Because if it's a, oh, I'm emotional, or this makes me sad, or this makes me, like, angry or something like that like well anger it's actually positive for men but if it's something that's sad or disturbing uncomfortable it's like those are weak emotions and and, and that's one of the things too like you just touched on that like anger is something like guys are like okay with being it's like it's okay if you're an angry guy or you know between guys it's like oh that guy's got anger problems well for for men it's like for me when i when i'm like when i'm with my friends or i'm you know i'm with other guys and we're all talking and chatting it's great if we're all shooting the shit about what girl you're talking to or uh, you know what situation, or what money you're making, or what car you're driving. That's all great and yep. all, but you know if if I want you know when I'm talking to one of my my fellow men, I want that conversation to be deeper than the surface. I want mm-hmm. that conversation to touch on something more than, yo man, like how's work going, or yo, what's up with that girl you're trying to holler at. Like who mm-hmm. the fuck cares at the end of the yeah. day? We can talk about that shit till we're blue in the face, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't create any more connection between us. It doesn't delve into the real. The DNA of who yeah. we are as people. Because at the end of the day, men, women, in between, we are people. And the connections we have to make that are going to not only you know, create better bonds between us, but also 
stronger bonds within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm real with who I'm talking to, if I'm talking to a guy, and instead of talking about the girls and the cars and the money and the and all the superficial things, if yeah. I delve deeper into that, then I get to know my fellow man better, mm -hmm. and that helps me identify with myself in a more positive, stronger, and more connected way. Yeah. So I want to talk about, yo, what's going on at home, man? Yep. How's your family? I heard you had some troubles going on. I know your girl broke up with you. Uh, I know she dumped you, and I know you're trying to sit here and act all tough around yep. everybody else, but I know you're hurting. I yep. know you had feelings for her. Mm -hmm. Don't fake like you didn't. Mm -hmm. You did, because that's human. That's real. That's natural, and that's okay that you're hurt. Mm -hmm. What can we do now moving forward that we can learn from that? We can better ourselves, you know, because especially for me, you know, growing up, I always had a disconnection to my own father. You know, my father, uh, I respect him. He's a hard working, he's like the hardest working man I've ever met in my life. He is, you know, he's respected by many. The me and him had a disconnection in society and culture. You know, he's from Lebanon. He was born in the, in the mountains in Jazeen. He was raised during the Civil War time in Lebanon. So he, you know, he comes from, you know, from a throwback time you know, of, of a disconnection and, mm. and that masculine identity, mm -hmm. being strong, being quiet, being silent. All I have to do is provide yeah. for my family. That makes me a father. But the mm -hmm. thing is, you know, I, I needed that, that, that emotional connection. I needed that mental aspect that I wasn't getting. And that would be one of those things that, you know, along the way I had to realize and pinpoint this could possibly be one of my flaws, one of my triggers, one of those things that led to me being so mad or trying to identify as this masculine man mm -hmm. now yep. was because that's what I was used to and seen and portrayed. Yeah. So to dig deeper and to, to ask what is going on with each other and how we are truly feeling is something us fellow men need to talk about now, tomorrow, and keep and, and continuing on into the future so that way the men after us will will acknowledge this the men after us will grow so that way one day when i have a son i can tell him that it's okay to cry that it's okay to be who you are you don't have to play football you don't have to you know have a nice car you don't have to have you know the big money job you can do whatever you want to do and you can be whoever you want to be and as long as that makes you happy you are a man mm -hmm. i'm really happy that you brought up that point um so you discovering all of this seeing that you were feeling all of this pressure to keep down your emotions, to not to not express that. When you hit that low of you know your suicide attempt when mm -hmm. you were 22, yeah, is that when it kind of just you came to that realization like you needed to change that? Not not quite just then, mm -hmm. but definitely that was the that was the spark to my engine that I needed. Uh, not that I needed it, but that that's part of my story. It happened. There's nothing I can change about it in that moment in time. That is the decision I made, whether right, whether wrong, in between. That's not what the focus of it is. It's just that that instance in my life occurred for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it occurred because I neglected myself physically, mentally, and spiritually for so long mm -hmm. that because I, was, I felt so alone, even though I really wasn't, but I felt so detached, mm -hmm. even though like you know, no one could understand what I was going through, I just hit that point where... I like I was even not an understanding. I thought I was crazy. You know, I was I was like, how can I feel like this? You know, I'm not supposed to feel like this. And when that all happened, it put me on a path to learning more and being more mindful and more aware of what's going on in my life, what's going on in my head, you know, what's going on in my heart and how do I how do I tackle these things going up because the biggest thing I learned during my um during that low point in my life, during that darkness, and going through my my rehab process with the therapist and the medication, and you know the step by step program to get to be becoming more acclimated back into my daily routine and you know my my world, was life 
life is something long and it is something you are ha- you have to live it is a journey that in you know in kind of today's you know <laughs> instagram friendly clickbait world where we all expect instant gratification mm-hmm. and that is something we so desperately need to understand that instant success instant gratification you know instant marriage babies and kids and the happy mar- and the happy relationship those things are something that you have to work at mm-hmm. that are going to have ups that are going to have downs that are going to have times where you know you're going to question it but in that in that search of information in that search of trying to shed away all the exterior and really get down to the core of who you are there is going to be some turbulence along that flight but you're still going to get to your destination as long as you just hang tight and you keep pushing through mm-hmm. so i did want to ask you when it comes to because you were also mentioning so you've got a really good perspective on how you want to live your life and this positivity because you radiate this positivity on like on social media Hmm. and it's amazing because honestly speaking when like just following you for the months that I've been following you it's all been positive vibes it's all been like you're thriving in life and then when I was doing the prep work for this interview Uh I was astounded I had no idea you know because that had to be a complete change in mindset Mm -hmm. and just perspective in life yeah and so and you also had a situation with your mom Mm -hmm. right and so and I know that's more recent like Mm -hmm. what you were experiencing before yeah the self-doubt and just in your lowest point in your life was years ago you know that's sort of like it continues on even until now that perspective it helps you get through things right Mm -hmm. well to to touch on that it's like 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 you're talking about the first you're talking about the positive you know you see the positivity uh from my page and from what i'm doing and i appreciate that so much because that's what i'm trying Mm -hmm. to do you know that's my effort that's my intention that's the message i want to spread with my social media that's why i like you know i obviously i've i started my social media when I was in college, like Instagram came out when I was in college, you know, so I like, I liked it because I was nostalgic. I like pictures, you know, I so desperately, you know, from my family uh, dysfunction or dynamics, not let me, don't get me wrong, my, you know, my family's great. I love my dad, you know, but obviously we had our problems in our situations, like I said earlier, and I touched on kind of when I hit that low point and I attempted my suicide, you know, my parents were getting divorced, you know, I was disconnected from my father for so long, my sister was ill. You know, I was struggling with school and work and uh, school and uh, football, and uh, I hit that low point then. And it was one of those things where all those triggers, they got me. You know, it was like that was a situation in my life where I lost. Everything else around me had won and had pushed me out and had forced me down. And going through, you know, after, after I grabbed that bottle of whiskey and those bottle of pills, you know, it was, you know, from that point on, it was just kind of, it's, it's always been a constant I'm never going to let myself reach that point again, despite getting to that point again emotionally, getting to that point again mentally to that low. There's been plenty of times since that that time in college that I've been low, but Mm -hmm. now because of what I've been through, because of the steps and the effort I took and and the acceptance of myself and the acceptance of my flaws Mm -hmm. and the constant work. Now, you know, that's the thing. It's like I constantly work at myself. You know, yes, I do spread up a message of positivity through my social media, and I do that because that is one of the things I decided a long time ago that 
in spreading my message and sharing my story, it empowers me. It is self. It is selfish of me, honestly. I'll admit, but hopefully selfish in a good way, uh, you know, to the listeners. Because for me, it keeps me in check. Instagram, social media is my diary. It's it's you know it's my it's my journal. It's the way I express myself during moments of creative, either you know, distraught or you know, just explosion of you know, radiance because mm-hmm. you know there's times where i'll post something on social media and it'll be because i'm feeling so low and i'll be on you know if you guys see my stuff sometimes i even talk about it i'm like mm-hmm. hey man i had a really bad day today you know and it really fucking sucked and i just felt so low and i was just questioning myself you know with my business it's like if i have a bad day with my with my food truck we have a bad run or something you know a slow day i'm sitting there just stressed and anxious and worried just like the next guy is but because I've been in that situation before and I failed and I took the time to realize I failed, I was beaten, I lost. What do I do now? How do I fix that? How do I how do I progress forward in my life that when those moments come up now, like you touched on, like my mom, she was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer, stage two breast cancer last year. So literally, mm-hmm. the, you know, that day I found out. Uh-huh. I'm getting off a shift. It's It was last winter I found out. So it's a, it's wow. a year now. Basically, it's, it's a year now, December. So last December, when I was, you know, I got off a, a food truck shift that day, and it was like 20 degrees and snowing, and I literally did like 10 orders maybe. And I come back, and I'm huffing and puffing and angry. I'm like, you know, fuck, man. I barely made any money today. Mm-hmm. Duh, work sucked. Oh, it was slow. I'm storming and huffing and puffing into my office. And I sit down. My mom comes into the office, and I'm like, hey, what's going on and her I can just see in her face she has something she wants to tell me right mm. and she's sitting there talking to me and she's like hey I just want to let you know uh, I have breast cancer and I'm just oh. first thing I, I, I hit I'm just like I, oh my I, I shut up I was just like I was silent I was locked up I froze I'm just looking at her like just like kind of out of body of experience literally I'm like <laughs> you know my my apparition is sitting on the right side of me watching myself sitting there listening to my mom right now telling me that she has this disease, this this cancer that can possibly take her away from me, that could possibly remove, you yeah. know, the person I love the most from my life. And in that moment, you know, she she finishes telling me, and it's like, you know, uh, to this day I'll never forget. You know, she finishes telling me this, and she smiles, and she literally just says to me, "Hey, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna take it one day at a time." And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wow. like, she's like consoling you. Yeah, okay. she's consoling me wow. about her telling me she has breast cancer. And I'm saying, you know, being a typical mom, obviously, moms out there, they're always going to worry about their kids first. Mm. So, you know, she, she even to that, to this day, that moment, you know, was just like quintessential, like, you know, mom, superwoman yeah. uh, situation moment for me, you know. And, uh, and how are things with your mom now? Oh, they're a lot better now. You know, she, uh, she's, she was told uh, recently, actually, about uh, three, four weeks ago, she found out you know her cancer's in remission now. Oh, they still think she's still keeping up with treatments, obviously, you know, uh, with everything. But you know, it was kind of you know like this past year was very transformative for me, and it's you know kind of we're, we're sitting here talking about my past, mm-hmm. talking about how you know I attempted suicide, how I you know went through my re- rehabilitation process, you know how I kind of like getting back into the world just kind of day by day was moving through and trying to improve upon who I was, trying to define myself, trying to trying to learn how to deal more positively with life's stresses and struggles. Yeah. And here I am, you know, a year ago sitting there just smacked in the face with like another big yeah. ass struggle to deal another with. Another challenge. Yeah, because it's the thing is, you know, when one person gets cancer, the whole family gets cancer. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like that's, that's so true because, you know, being – 
being there for my mom along the way this past year, going to her chemotherapy treatments with her, taking her to her surgeries. It, you know, you just you're in those moments and you see and you're you're along with them, mm-hmm. seeing what they're going through. And it was kind of one of those one of those growing experiences for me, where it's like, you know, this is cancer is a the physical manifestation of this pain and this rot and this disease that can attack somebody. And it's and it's this decisions my mom made every day. She decided to be positive. She decided to have a good mm-hmm. outlook on life. She decided that, you know, when people were asking her, hey, how are you feeling? Instead instead of, you know, kind of that attack where, oh, I have cancer. What do you yeah. fucking think? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, which yeah. you would understand. So yeah, you would understand that. You'd be like, yeah, you have cancer. Like, go ahead. You feel like shit. Yeah. Let it out. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't do that. She would be like, hey. Yeah, I'm not feeling so well. I'm feeling a little rough today. But, you know, how are you doing? Yeah, you know, what's yeah. going on with you? How was work oh. today? How was your food truck shift? How was this? How oh, was that? So and it was funny. kind of that, yeah, that positive, real strong mentality. You know, no matter, like, what you're dealing with, that is a constant. That's something that I think everyone should strive for. And that's something that, like, I was just striving for so much mm-hmm. in this past year that, that, like, you know, my mom, like, I love her to death, man. Strongest woman I know. Mm. So, like, her just always being so happy and positive and upbeat every single day while she was dealing with this just made me question myself and made me look at myself and ask, what can I do better? How can I be better? How can I be exactly. more positive? Yep. Not stronger. I kind of want to get rid of this word of strength and sh- being strong because I feel like we always inherently kind of correlate strong to being silent, to being quiet, to being, you know, like physically resilience. strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Determined. Yeah, exactly. Not not allowing yourself to be to be told who to be, what to do, how to feel, despite your environment despite your circumstances you know because for me you know i'm from brooklyn new york you know my family was poor poor and struggling in the ghettos in a small little room till we were you know till i was like 11 or 12 then we moved out to virginia and then it was kind of one of the things where i always had that mindset in the back of my head that was always like you know there's this darkness that that everyone has to deal with you know whether it's because of this or because of that or because of him or her or this thing you had to go through or the sickness you have you know, no matter what you are going through, you are still in control of that path in your life. Yep. And, and I hope that I hope that first you keep taking those steps forward, no matter how small, no matter how big, but that you understand that stumbling is okay, mm. that falling down is all right, mm-hmm. that it's okay to not be okay, that that's something we need to accept, understand, and talk about with each other, support each other through, create that community in which, you know, no matter, you know, I'm telling my story now, and it's like, you know, don't feel boohoo for me because I love my story. I own my story. And my story is something I'm still writing. Yep. And it's something I got so many pages left to do that, you know, I hope that whoever's listening realizes that I hope you keep putting that pen to paper and I hope you keep writing your story because it's going to be beautiful if it's not right now. Mm, I love it. Amazing. I'm so happy you shared about your mom's situation because you were going through a period back when you are 20s that you had to, you had that big struggle you had to overcome, but then this is a more recent struggle. Right, and so and it's still a learning experience because, like you said, it taught you to be more appreciative, to be more thankful, yeah. to, to and, th- and that's one of the things. Positive. Yeah, and, that, and then like and, and that was like another situation in my life where I'm realizing like you know I feel like all all you know I'm in my later twenties now, but it's like I feel like you know we're in our teens, we're in our early twenties, and we're like oh my god, I'm about to be thirty. Oh my god, my life's over. <laughs> oh my god, like I'm about to be twenty one. Oh my god, I feel so like you know, it's like we get to all these points and we feel like it's the end, but it's just the beginning. Yeah. Life is very 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 long and we're very fortunate to live and wake up every single day Mm -hmm. but realize you got a lot more days coming so don't let those stressors you know 
like take you off track and lose sight of that because that's the thing I learned. And like you said, I, I, I've been through all these situations. And it's like, yep. it's funny because at every single one of those situations, I thought, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. Mm-hmm. How am I going to make it through? What am I going to do? Oh, my God, the world's crumbling and falling down around me. But then it's like, down the road, I get hit with something else. Yep. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, like, I kind of had that mindset now where it's that growth mindset. It's like, yep. I got to realize those things are preparing me for the future. Those things are, are, are you know, things happen to you for a reason. But you can make control and take advantage of those things to the best of your ability yep. despite the outcome because you know those things are happening for a reason. So ask yourself, what's the reason? What can I take from this? What can I learn from this? So that way the next time something comes up, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm more prepared. Because exactly. that was like, yeah, that's what, you know, one point in my, lo- my, my early 20s, I'm low, I'm down. Yep. You know, I, I, I lost. But then, you know, I get hit with something else and now I'm better. I, I'm more resilient. I'm yep. built up a little bit more. I'm ready to take this on and push forward because that's all mm-hmm. life's about is keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And those experiences when you prepare for it or when you're, better said, when you go through them and you learn from them, it just prepares you for that next mm-hmm. challenge. Because, like, how would you have reacted to your mom's situation, right, if you didn't cope and heal the way you did when you were at your lowest low? In yeah, early 20s, honestly, like, I couldn't even tell you. That's something I couldn't because like one of those hypotheticals. Honestly, uh, yeah, I probably yeah, 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 for sure. I would say I, I probably wouldn't have handled it as well. I probably, you know, I would have been like, boohoo me. You know, my mom has cancer. You know, I'm just really sad and I don't want to go to work. I don't want to, you know, yeah. deal with my pressures. I want I'm going to, you know, I'm going to yell at my girlfriend and take it out on her because, <laughs> you know, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, you know, yeah. but I'm just so thankful that. I'm where I am now and I went through everything I went through and I'm going to go through even more things but it's like you know that, that's life but you're ready yeah I'm ready for it because yeah, yeah. you got to be willing to live life mm-hmm. you know that's the, that's the hardest decision and the biggest decision to constantly make every single day but it's the fortune that we have we are able to make those decisions okay. and it's something we need to do and take advantage of and be in love with you know be in love yeah. with life you know don't be afraid of life don't be don't be scared of it because it is scary it is big it is all these things but experience them mm-hmm. because you're here Yep. So, you know, live it up while you can, you know? I love it. I love it. I love that mindset. (laughs) You know, just like you have to take every, take advantage of every opportunity out there. Mm -hmm. Live life, right? Exactly. You only got one life to live. Yeah, yeah. But I say, Netflix is going to be there. Don't worry about it or nowhere. (laughs) You know, maybe some shows might get canceled or thrown off or something, but it'll always be there. You'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be able to find it on YouTube, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You'll get it online. (laughs) Information's out there. Awesome. You know what? I'm so happy you came on today. This was gold. Like (laughs) everything you shared, the audience will be able to appreciate it at depth well I hope they do and I hope I hope they realize that you know I hope they're more empowered to share their story because you know I'm sitting here sharing mine and you know I'm fortunate to do it on the platform I am with you and your podcast Mm -hmm. and what you're creating which is so positive and I love by the way but you know I hope that you know even if you're not on a podcast you're not in front of a mic I hope you just talk to the person next to you I hope you talk to your friend you know I hope you feel a little less lonely right now because you know you aren't alone that's the thing. You are not alone on this planet. You are not alone in this life. You're not alone in your journey. There's people around you. Sometimes you might feel alone. I just ask you to dig a little deeper, to uh, make a little bit more effort, and to live a little bit more life. Awesome. Love it. I did have a final question for yes, you. Yes, yes. What's All up? All right. We'll do a little lightning round question okay, here. Okay, cool, cool, cool. What's the final message? And I know that you've shared a lot of them, but mm-hmm. if you want to just give one positive, like really Oof. strong, impactful message, what would that message be that you share with the audience today? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. My message would be that life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's something, you know, we take for granted. 
and we get lost up in and we let it like overwhelm us so much that we run away from it. Mm-hmm. And I just ask you to see the beauty in life. And even if you're not connected to it, even if you're not feeling that happiness of those sunshine rays, I hope that even in your rainy days, you realize that, you know, that beautiful picture is still something that's there, yeah, that you can work on and that you can get to, you know? Mm. That's it. Because from from me coming from such lows and, you know, from you know, my mental illness and what I deal with, you know, even to this day, you know, I try to keep my message positive. But that doesn't mean I don't deal with the negativity and sometimes Mm -hmm. that negativity doesn't overwhelm me. You know, I got my anxious moments, my depressed moments, I got my times where I'm down and I'm feeling low. But I promise you, you know, there's highs out there to experience. There's a lot of beauty out there to see and, Mm. you know, take the time to see it. Awesome. Love it. I do want to thank you for coming on my podcast today and being completely open and allowing yourself to be vulnerable. So um, I did have one final, final, final question. Yeah. So I do love to show support for local small businesses, right? Um, So what business opportunities would you be looking to have in the D.C. Nova area? So, yeah, I, uh, you know, I run my food truck. It's called uh, Roro's, uh, named after my, my nickname that my grandmother gave me in honor of her. She taught me how to cook and got me kind of in love awesome. with food. So you can follow me at Roro's Lebanese. I have my little restaurant space in Alexandria, Virginia area. And then we have our food truck that's out in the D.C. and Virginia area a lot. So please follow at Roro's Lebanese on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So contact information for you would be at chef roro's world and then your business instagram account is at roro's lebanese so just slide in to his dms if you need to (laughs) contact him and then he'll take it from there well thank you guys so much for listening today until next time that concludes this episode if you enjoyed it feel inspired and would like to hear more please subscribe to the relentless minds podcast via the link in the show notes or visit lorihimenez.com Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.